welcome back to the Some Sort of Miracle podcast. I am not Ed, I'm Paul. Um, you might be used to hearing Ed's voice at the start of this, but he is not available today. Um, so we are making do with me being in charge and we'll see how that goes as we go through this. Uh, but I'm here today with Lauren. Hello. Claire. Hiya. And Emily. Hello, everyone. And today we are discussing happiness. So we've got a um, probably a lot to get through. We might go down a few rabbit holes off of, on a few tangents, but um, yeah, we're going to start with a hopefully a fairly simple icebreaker question. Um, what is what has been the happiest day of your life so far? Would anyone like to kick us off? Oh, it's a hard question because um, I think I like to think I've had many happy days. Um, but I think, I mean, it's very cheesy, isn't it? And it's probably might be Emily's the same as well. But it was my wedding day um, just because it was all my favourite people in one room and that doesn't get to happen very often. So um, that was probably the happiest day of my life so far. So got the cheesy one out of the way. Now you have to think of a different one, Emily. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, what if I just said, no, that wasn't mine? <laughs> um <laughs> I think that's the one that your mind immediately goes to it like in my in my mind that was probably the one that I thought of and it was a really really happy and wonderful day um for for that same reason obviously getting married is very exciting also having all those people that you love and that love you in that same place but then I was thinking what's interesting about that is that we remember those milestone moments but actually I'm sure I have had like really really happy days in there and I and I suddenly thought I should really keep a journal so that I can actually go back and measure those days a little bit a little bit better but when you say measure do you mean like out of 10 or No, just to just to look back and be like, oh, that was a really good day. I think, you know, when you go through your phone every now and again or your phone puts together a montage of all the things that you've done and you're like, oh, that was a great day. And, yeah, I just really appreciate moments like that. Um, and I think I do appreciate them in the moment, but it's quite nice when your iPhone gives you that little gift of, like, here's a montage of how happy your summer was or whatever. So, yeah, I think I've probably, like Lauren, had lots of happy days, but the one that first comes to mind is is um, our wedding day. So my happiest day is not my wedding day, um, fortunately, because there was no wedding day. But the exciting, happiest day of my life has got to be the day I ran the London Marathon. And mm. um, I think partly because it was the actual day in terms of being there amongst crowds, being there... Um, amongst that really good atmosphere and the fact that I completed the London Marathon made it like yeah my happiest day but also I think it was the run-up to the marathon that was the the thing that kind of got me there it's all the months I say months as if it was weeks weeks of training and the hours running sort of that kind of made it even more happy because actually it, it all built up to something yeah. And I guess for you guys with your wedding days and preparation for that there's all this build-up and suddenly you're at that day and I guess we have these fear, perhaps it's not going to be as good as we expect. But actually, in that happiness, in that moment, suddenly everything kind of culminates in one thing. You think, yeah, actually, this is a really happy day. That's why we're so different, Claire, because the thought of running doesn't bring me any happiness. <laughs> to be fair, it didn't used to bring me any happiness. Maybe, maybe that's why it was 
so bizarre because I was so happy because it was not meant to cause happiness, but it did. Love it. <laughs> and because at that point, to be found that day, I could then justify eating exactly what I wanted. Yeah. That was happy. So happiness in the aftermath as well. Yeah. How about you, Paul? What is your happiest day? I nearly called you Ed then. <laughs> I am standing in for Ed. That's fine. Um, my happiest... I really struggled with this question, actually. Um, I think I'm too laid back to feel any particularly strong emotions at any time. Um, there's a lot of happy days. Um, I think what you said, Claire, made me think of sort of like really long build up and a lot of hard work. Our house took ages to go through. Um, and that's quite a recent one for me. So we've been here just over two months. Um, and yeah, that was a really happy day when we finally got that through because that just took ages for no reason. Lots of waiting around and having arguments with solicitors. So, yeah, I mean, that was more relief than happiness. I'm not sure, but I felt happy at the time. Lauren, I think you've got the first question for today. Yeah, and I guess what you've just said about is it relief or is it happiness? Or is it happiness? Is it this? Is it whatever? I guess... A good place to start is trying to define what happiness is, I guess. So what if you had to kind of sum it up in a sentence or whatever, how would you define happiness? Google Paul, I'm throwing that straight out to you there. What, what's your answer? Well, I'm pretending to be Ed this week, but I'll, I'll do my best to go back to Paul. Um, I have Googled it. Happiness is an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy, satisfaction, contentment, and fulfillment. Happiness has many different definitions. It is often described as involving positive emotions and life satisfaction. That's a really, really broad, like anything good makes happiness, essentially. Yeah. Um, it is difficult to describe because I think happiness is like the base. That's it, like everyone knows what that sort of feeling of happiness is. So we never have to think about what it actually means. So it's a difficult question, actually. It is really challenging because I think we use kind of, I'm probably coming to this later, so many different words kind of interchangeably with happiness and in terms of what it what it is. But I remember seeing a few different like memes online talking about like happiness is happiness is not having to set an alarm for the next day. Happiness is seeing your ex with someone uglier than you is one of the suggestions. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness is when you forget to do your homework and the teacher is absent. <laughs> Happiness is listening to a song that perfectly explains your mood at the time. Yeah. So there's so many things in terms of what we define in terms of what is that happiness. And is it lots of different, lots of different moments, lots of different things that make us happy in that and I guess is happiness the same for all of us I'm not meant to be asking questions I'm meant to be answering them but sorry Jesus asked a lot of questions when he was asked questions I think that's okay okay good I think as well like we we discussed this in the preamble there's so much that a person's happiness is dependent on you know a lot of my sort of work with with students is really to support them with their mental health and for some people um happiness just doesn't seem as attainable for them as for others because of genetic factors because of environmental factors beyond their control um and so there are so many 
sort of different things that weigh into that, isn't there? Adverse childhood experiences, so many different things that it's it's not easy to define it. And it's also like the pursuit of it for a lot of people isn't easy either. And so I suppose it happiness is a very subjective thing, isn't it? I was just thinking about the film, The Pursuit of Happiness, and, you know, this idea that really what the pursuit the pursuit of that is financial security, being able to care for, being able to look after his son and being able to get a job and being able to be seen. And there's so, there's like emotional, there's an emotional um, relationship to happiness there. There's like a spiritual one. There's a physical and practical one. So, yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not easy to define. It's so, so complex and complicated. Yeah, I think it is really, really subjective. And we often set our own goalposts without even thinking about what makes you happy is to like when you said about fulfilling certain like objectives and those objectives are completely subjective to what you decide is important in life. Mm. Even down to as simple as I'm excited when Man United win, but most people wouldn't be. (laughs) True. And I remember speaking to a student about her goals for the future um, just a, just really recently and her goals were to have a big house and make lots of money. And I sort of said, will that make you, do you think that will make you happy? And she very genuinely thought that that would. And to me, I was like, oh, I don't know that, you know, that isn't necessarily like a value or a happiness that, like myself I would pursue but I certainly think that is what the world teaches happiness is I suppose it's a bit like success as well you know what does the world teach success is what does the world teach happiness is it's really interesting because I've been thinking a lot about happiness and joy over recent weeks or months or whatever and thinking about the ambition to be happy is that the easiest ambition in the world or the hardest ambition in the world oh good question and that's really, yeah, it's really challenged me in terms of that. Is it is it so simple to be happy because actually you can be happy in anything? Or is it so difficult to be happy because to actually be genuinely happy takes something that we might not always have at times? Yeah, and I think at the minute there's kind of like this culture of like you can choose to be happy. Um, and I don't know whether I buy into that or not because I think some people are in a position where they, like, I don't know, they're hormone hormones don't allow that or um whatever or their circumstances don't allow that but there is this thing of that whatever your situation you can choose to be happy in that like you say like is it that simple that you just need to choose to do it um so does it all just come down to sort of mindset and how we've trained our brains to think and I don't know absolutely and I think sometimes life experiences change that perception in terms of what we is it, I don't know, when you're a kid, is it easier to be happy because you aren't aware of the dangers or the, or the realities of life? Or Yeah, is it like a learned behaviour? Like, are we learned, like, have we learned, that doesn't make sense. Have we, like, literally trained ourselves to not be happy in situations or we can train ourselves to be happy in situations? Is it as simple as that? I don't think it is as simple as that, but I think that's, there's probably quite a lot to that. Like, and like we said, like with, happiness being subjective based on what you want to achieve or what you think you should be achieving or 
how you think your life should be going. We train ourselves to think that that's how we should be getting through life. Whereas if we didn't, it'd probably be a lot easier to be happy more often. Um, and I guess that, I think quite a lot of the time when we talk about happiness in church or in a Christian setting, we think about happiness and joy and happiness maybe being like a fleeting Man United have won a football for, for, for my own <laughs> terminology um, and joy being a more sort of grounded contentment, I guess. But I don't know whether you agree or disagree with that analogy. I've definitely heard that said in Christian circles, but like articles that you would read around it don't necessarily even suggest that they're that dissimilar. I think it's more about process and the journey towards it than the actual thing itself. And what I mean by that was, is that I read a really good um, Instagram post recently by, I think it was Pete Grieg. And he was basically saying that, um, sometimes in Christianity we we sell this idea that with Jesus we have complete fulfillment like now we are you know it makes us so happy because we have this eternal life now and all these things and that actually just entering into relationship and becoming a Christian suddenly means that you have all those things whereas he was describing actually the life of faith as much more this gradual pursuit of something that is built within us that we're seeking and so yes there is happiness to be had but it's not it's not a milestone it's not a do you know what I mean like it's not something that we're we can just meet and and feel fully and holy because actually this isn't created to be our home and he just put it so so much better um then I could even try to describe it but I thought oh yeah like we do do that sometimes don't we we kind of like sell this idea like that with Jesus you can have this with Jesus you can have that um but actually you know we we do see amazing answered prayer and we do see miracles but if we're giving this sense that we see that all the time then that's not um it's not a fair representation because it's much more about this like pilgrimage of seeking I think um, whereas in the world I think that happiness can come more of it like a dopamine hit of like if you go and buy this you'll feel instantly good and there is truth in that like you know you do feel instantly good when you get a new pair of shoes or whatever it is but because it's so instantaneous we don't have that discipline of the gradual journey that's really interesting because I came across a song today in the Salvation Army songbook there's a lot of songs in the Salvation Army songbook about happiness. And one of them says, so called At the Cross, and it says, um, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. And my first reaction was, well, I'm clearly doing something wrong then. If following Jesus means that we are happy all the day, then am I missing something or are we missing something? Or is it, as you say, Emily, let's mean more about that, more about the journey. And I guess the definition that Paul read out said happiness is an emotional state. And actually, we, we shouldn't be led by our emotions. We should be led by our faith. Mm. So actually, that expectation that we are going to be happy all the time isn't realistic. Um, 
but actually the happiness comes from I can feel these things I can feel sorrow and I can feel grief and I can feel all those other emotions that don't feel good um but then I I have that knowledge that God's got this and that's where the happiness comes I guess um so it's not necessarily happiness in like the that dopamine hit and that sort of pleasure but it's contentment I guess um in the knowledge that God's got this that there's a bigger picture that we have a savior and that this isn't the end of the story um but I guess that's when we think about it as an emotional state we shouldn't be led by that we should be led by our faith not by our emotions yeah and I think maybe over the years we've sort of grown to assume kind of like Emily said that that this is a state of mind that if you choose if you once you've achieved happiness once you've achieved like happiness through faith then you've ticked that off and you just stay happy forever and that like even just saying that that's basically what that song is saying and that's a very famous song but it doesn't make sense does it I don't know anyone that's lived that out not unless that's cake all the day (laughs) maybe that was a translation problem maybe it was meant to say now there is cake all the day Maybe. I think we're um, we're definitely in the realm of question number two already. Um, but question number two is: Does being a Christian make you happier? So we have kind of we're almost there. But you know, if you were if you were asked to give an answer on that, does does being a Christian make you happier? What would your immediate reaction to that be? I guess it potentially makes it um, easier, maybe. Like there's a bit more potential for it because there is a happy ending, I guess. It's my simple answer to that question, Emma. There have been psychological studies that, that have proven that having a faith, being a person of faith, means you are likely to have better mental health. So I would say, like, generally that being a Christian does does and can make you happier, but it isn't, it isn't just that simple, if that makes sense. And that doesn't belittle very genuine hormonal imbalances that happen, very genuine adverse experiences and trauma that people go through. And of course, we're not superhuman. You know, we, we sometimes have this descriptor, don't we, of happy clappy. In fact, I remember going to a Hillsong conference and uh, overhearing some guys outside saying, oh, shall we come back here when all these happy, clappy Christians have gone? And I just thought, well, first I thought, oh, it's really interesting that you wouldn't want to be around happy people. <laughs> um, but I remember thinking, oh, like that is actually true. Like people do think that of, of Christians. Um, so there must be so, there must be some truth in it. I think for me, what the way that it's changed my life is Christianity gives me a different perspective. Like Lauren has said, that there is a higher perspective and that there is a sovereignty that I don't have to understand, but that gives me hope and and it gives me perspective to see differently. And also, it gives me a purposeful life. It gives me a life of purpose. And so I've chosen the life that I have following Jesus and I guess therefore the employment that I have and those things based on traveling towards a purpose not just a destination because the purpose is Christ himself 
So it's not all these like movable goals that I can just meet because actually I'm never going to meet those on earth anyway. I think that that would be how I'd describe that it's, it's, makes me happier coming back to what you said earlier Lauren about knowing that there's that that happy ending and knowing that despite everything going on despite that kind of up and down roller coaster of emotions we have we do have that assurance that one day one day it is all going to be okay and that's that has to change something otherwise it kind of is all worthless and as you say it doesn't yeah it doesn't mean that we are happy in every single moment but actually it kind of gives that that basis that background in terms of how we perceive things how we yeah see it actually knowing that one day all will be well has to change something yeah I think even from a just a practical perspective I don't want to remove faith faith from this topic but but if you remove that and just see the support networks that you can sort of grow in church um all of my close friends I've met through church um, and I'm in my job because of church. Um, all of those people I wouldn't know without being a Christian. Um, so there's probably something to be said for just the social aspect of being encouraged to be a little bit more um, open with people in that, that setting. Um, in terms of mental health, especially. Um I think being in, in church and encouraged to be in like small groups and just discussing life like we're doing now is good for mental health. So it must be good for boosting your, I don't your, your average happiness. If that's a score that you can kind of average out, I don't know. I also just think so much of the pattern of Jesus and his teachings points towards, towards positive mental health, doesn't it? Because it's about practising gratitude. It's about that inward, upward, outward shape for life. Um, and <laughs> you're right there, Claire. I saw that cough coming on and I saw the panic in your eyes. <laughs> what shall I do with this cough? Was, I was trying to mute, but then I tried to mute on my laptop, but I'm doing this on my phone. That was the panic. <laughs> But it also just looked like really like it looked like you were really repulsed at the fact that I'd said inward, upward, outward, and you were just suddenly like <laughs> sorry, I'll get I'll repair back. Sorry, carry on. Um yeah, I also just think the pattern of the way that Jesus lived and everything sort of in scripture scripture does point us towards having positive mental health. So things like we know we're taught how to practice gratitude, give thanks in all circumstances. We're taught how to care for others, which mental health experts would say doing things for others will improve your own mental health. We're taught positive self-esteem because we're taught that our identity is in Jesus. Um, and we're taught about rest and we're taught, you know, everything I see from a mental health perspective I see rooted in the person that Jesus was and the practices that he taught his disciples eating together sharing together and so I think that if we are like passing our life that way then naturally that is going to lead to the wholeness of life that Jesus talked about um, and I so I think it's okay to say yes being a Christian it does make me happier does it make me does it mean that I don't have times where I don't feel deeply depressed or hormonally imbalanced or, you know, whatever? No, but certainly I, I would say Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness. 
Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad that's what we've sort of decided. It would have been a really odd point to end now if we said, actually, Jesus came so we could have life more abundantly, but we're all more depressed as Christians. <laughs> Ed would be like, guys, we're going to have to do a, re- a reshoot. <laughs> Listen to Happiness Podcast and leave more depressed. It's not a good start. <laughs> Obviously, we spoke a lot about happiness and that roller coaster that we're not always happy and we sometimes are happy. But is it possible to be happy in the midst of really difficult times? Yeah, I think so, though I'm not sure that I would necessarily describe it as happy, but I think it's I think it's about hopefulness. And I think it is about a perspective, isn't it? The lyrics of a of a song have come to my mind of like, my eyes beyond what it looks like. And I think that it's that, that amazing psalm of, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that to me is not about, it's not just about God's sovereignty, but it's about God's perspective to be able to see what we can't see. And so I think that we can, but I also think we have to be careful in the way that we journey with others in that because we, we, we should not dismiss real emotion and real suffering. Yeah, I think like we've said, sometimes you think about happiness as being, once you've achieved it, then you're not allowed to be sad ever again. Once, once we've got the joy of having Jesus in our lives, then that's it. Being unhappy is unquestionable now. You're not allowed to do that. Or you've somehow failed at Christianity, I think is how it's sometimes seen. And that is really, really unhealthy, isn't it? I guess it's having the but on the end of the sentence. I feel like this now, but God's got this or whatever. And that's that's where you then have to find the happiness and it's not happiness like we would think of happiness necessarily but it's like Emily said it's that hope and that reassurance that again this isn't the end um and and that's the difference isn't it where it's for people who perhaps don't have a faith it's like I feel like this and I then can't see an end to it whereas as Christians we we can see a little bit further with that higher perspective that Emily talked about because mm. I think you know what you're talking about as well is the way that the psalmist tends to write everything as well of that thing of like why God have you abandoned me like why am I in this pit of despair my enemies turn against me you know but then after that lament there is but I will put my trust in and so it's acknowledging that the lamenting process and the and the depression and the emotion is very real, but we also don't have to just stay in it as well. Yeah. And I guess that comes back to the having the choice, um, having the choice to be happy. So you can choose to sit in that or you can perhaps choose. And I know that's very difficult. I'm not saying that's something you can eat, but you just choose it. But um, again, it, we don't do that in our own strength we do that in his strength and having that like how powerful is it to have that privilege and when things are difficult we can even even in the now like 
we've said about hoping for the future, but um, like Jesus teaches to look into what God is doing right now and to be hopeful of, of things that are, are happening right now. Um, and I think, yeah, like, like you said, Emily, some of the, the psalmists write about really, really terrible things that we think about things that happen in the world right now that are absolutely heartbreaking, but we know God is working in those situations and in other situations that are really positive. I think I was, well, I was really challenged because in the Sermon in the Mount in Matthew 5, and this is just a good news translation, but it does say, it says, happy are you when people insult you and persecute you and tell all kinds of evil lies against you because you are my followers. Be happy and glad. And I'm like, I've never been happy when someone insulted me and persecuted me. But that's what Jesus tells us to do. It's a real challenge, isn't it? I'm not sure if happy is maybe the right word in that, but I think it's maybe pointing towards what we've said about be happy even though rather than be happy because. I'm sure it would be a lot easier. Like he is also saying when they insult and persecute you because of me, because he's also saying there, like, because I've covered you, like I've got you covered. So actually that's where the power in that is. Does that, does that make sense? But yeah, I mean, in the same way, like I remember how hard it was to be a certain age and to share your faith, even with people that were your friends, never mind people at school and I think it probably is harder today to do that so yeah definitely challenging words Jesus so our final question today is what does a joyful life look like and it's a big question and it was Ed's suggestions so he's thrown us in with that Surely we're all going to have a different answer to that. On, I've I like just had a little look on a Psychology Today article that suggested that signs of a happy person, and it gives bullet points, which I think are quite helpful, um, is open to learning new things, is high in humility and patience, smiles and laughs readily, goes with the flow, practices compassion is often grateful, exercises self-care, enjoys healthy relationships, is happy for other people, gives and receives without torment, lives with meaning and purpose, does not feel entitled. Anyway, the list goes on. I just think actually that's really helpful because in looking at that, there are so many elements about what we've talked about in, of Jesus as well, of like, you know, practices compassion, shows gratitude, enjoys healthy relationships, like all of those things. I mean, we're not going to meet every one of those, are we? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, does not... Oh, yeah, no, I thought that said does not play video games, but that's just my brain. It says does not play games, but it means not play games with others, not like board games. Ed, calm down when you listen to this. You can still play video games. <laughs> I was getting quite worried, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess maybe it's not quite a big question. Maybe it's just live as close to Jesus as you can. And 
if you can mirror what Jesus did, then I guess that's the embodiment of living a joyful life and it will bring you life in all its fullness. That's what he said. Which ties back to what Emily was saying about it being a journey and not necessarily a destination. I'm just thinking, because obviously we're talking about what is the joyful life look like. And like in our minds, who do we think of when we think of someone who is joyful and what are their characteristics sort of thing? Yeah. And sometimes it is a personality thing as well, isn't it? Some people, their personality is just bubbly and joyful and some people not so much. And is that what Jesus does in them or is that just a personality thing? <laughs> I'm just waffling now. It's really interesting. I think when we when we think about, like when you said then, who do you think of as being joyful? I think I would think of people who rejoice, like people who are just naturally like, like I say, bubbly. But yeah, it's a difficult one. Is that, does that mean you have to be outwardly happy all the time to be leading a joyful life? See, I would automatically think of somebody that is positive which doesn't necessarily mean they're walking around with a big smile slapped on their face. It's more about just generally when you have a conversation with them, it's not the world is against me, yada, da. More about this is going on, but they always have that sort of but after their lament rather than sitting in their pit. I do think it is something that we can draw out of others though so because um anyone that's like ready into anything about positive psychology with students that really struggle with low moods or low self-esteem um i have a set of really helpful like positive psychology question cards and all that is is saying can you tell me an example of where someone's cared for you this week or can you tell me an example of how you've cared for somebody else and the power in just asking those questions that are framed in a positive way it's quite amazing really that that can be that that can just be drawn out of people and that it can and that's a practice and it's and it's a discipline as well um I know we're going back to that sort of like element of like choice which you know we need to hold in balance but Certainly, I do think we can encourage others to think in those ways. I think that's important, like you say, to hold it in balance, but to accept that sometimes we're not going to be happy, but we should be trying to to choose happiness whenever we can choose it, rather than to, like you said, Lauren, to sit in that pit and mope about how sad we are. If If we are able to focus on the happy bits, then that's that's probably where we should be going. Yeah. Um, I think we quite often, just going back to what we said about Jesus' character, I've been watching um, The Chosen, the TV series about Jesus, um, and I'm really enjoying it. But they, I think quite often we portray Jesus as being like a, a robot that comes to die on a cross. And I think in a lot of like films, he's very robotic and not particularly charismatic. Um, but in The Chosen, there are a few times where he just makes silly jokes. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more lighthearted than I think I've ever thought of Jesus being. And I really like that. I think that's a, it's a joyful thing without being sort of bubbly or anything, but just being a little bit more maybe lighthearted when it's appropriate is something that I think of now when I think of the joy of the Lord, like just to be a little bit less serious all the time. 
I was going to say a quote, but I've forgotten it. <laughs> Seriousness is not a fruit of the spirit, but joy is. Yeah, good quote. And I guess it is that thing, thinking about yeah, joy, this joy and happiness, and we kind of touched on a little bit how they're not the same, but how joy is a fruit of the spirit and how when God is living within us, there should be that evidence of joy which doesn't necessarily always translate into happiness. But as we've kind of discussed the whole time, there's something within there of God working in us, which is despite this, or even because of this, I somehow have this, we somehow have this hope that one day everything is going to be okay. Whether we get all the things in the world that would make us happy. And even if we don't. I think as well, there's something so incredible about the human spirit that even in the hardest moments of loss when you know when you're just like really crying and you feel that pit of like despair that black blackness inside but sometimes you are still able to laugh with people that are comforting you and it's like such a complex emotion that you're feeling both those things so intensely at the same time. Like, you know, I think of like personal loss in our family and remembering that person with such joy and like laughing about them, but the grief also f- feeling the weight of it. And it reminds me of, you know, Inside Out, the film where at the end you see the joy and the sadness like merge with each other. And that it's possible that we're not, just we're not just um it's not a binary thing essentially that it can all be mixed up in this complex way of feeling which is just like really amazing that we can have that those things simultaneously at the same time yeah that reminds me of something I read and how how we think of often this is a time of joy, this is a time of challenge, this is a time of joy, this is a time of challenge, whilst actually most of the time it's kind of that parallel journey and there are things in our life which are challenging, there are things in our life which are joyful and then how do you sit with that tension sometimes between those two things? Mm-hmm. But then as you say, that is the human emotions complexity we have created with. I think what we're saying is if rather than listen to this podcast, people should just watch Inside Out. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll... that'll give them as much information as we've got to pass on we probably should have told them that at the beginning yeah they may have wasted well, a little bit of- if, ed, if ed wants to edit that in that way then he can do that but i think that probably brings us to a a good place to end yeah um i hope that our ramblings and circling around what happiness is has been helpful to you and you're feeling happier if it has left you feeling happier um, then please drop us a message on the SSOM listener group um, where you can share your thoughts on uh, any of our podcasts and it'd be great to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. We really hope you've uh, had as much fun as we have laughing about happiness. Um, can I say be well or is that too weird? Yeah, you have to say be well. Be well. <laughs> Sounds weird coming out of your mouth though.